Welcome to Lion Tales. We're here to start a dialogue about us, for us, and for them if they're interested. So we don't profess to know it all. We don't profess to get it right. But we have a passion to learn. Join us. Teach us some things. We'll teach you some things. Let's go. Welcome to Lion Tales. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good, good. good. You good excited. Yeah, this you excited? is excited. We've been, you know, been anticipating this moment for a long time. Long time coming, yeah. right? So I guess we should start off and say, what is Lion Tales? There's this old African proverb. I really, really, really love phrases, slogans, proverbs. The hunt will always glorify the hunter until the lion tells his tale. Well, history is written by the hunter, and that typically has been colonialist, imperialist nations. Normally Anglo-Saxon, white, white mm. supremacy, all of that. When you have the foundations built in a system that is built to exclude you, then what happens is that you're excluded or misrepresented in history. And so I think of this like I have a lot of friends who are Chinese. They go to regular school. Then they come home and go to Chinese school, even if they are generations removed from China, and they adhere and they map to it. And I think there was, with the Black Panthers, they used to have school before school and school after school, and taught our history, right? And I think that it's important that we do that for ourselves because nobody's going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I always think of people without a past have no future. And if you do not know your history and address your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And that's what we're doing here with this, and this is the lion's tale. This is us telling our stories. This is us sharing our narratives and starting discussions and conversations uh, within the diaspora. Introduction. Why am I qualified to do this? What is my qualification? Well, I sit within the diaspora. This is my location. I'm African-American, which I, in my job, in the context of DNI, people call, say African-American employees a lot. Alvin, you're not African-American, right? And so African-American, for me, what does that mean? That I am here because of the slave trade, that my people were enslaved people that came over, sprinkled in with whiteness and Native American, because that's what happens when that happens. And so my perspective on the diaspora, on some of the conflict between races, and even conflict and connectivity within our diaspora is specific to where I was raised mm -hmm. and what I experienced. And so that is my only qualification, is that I'm black, African-American, and I see the systemic issues, and I've thought about this a lot, particularly because I work in pharma right now where there's huge disparities. But I remember being little and people saying, hey, this is going to change. So much has changed, and my nieces and nephews are still going through the same thing. So the time to change is now, and that's yep. my qualification. I have a passion, and I talk a lot. So what better to do with that than go to a podcast? And, and you're a very curious person also. You're very curious and want to and want to uh, learn new things. And you also want to help other people, like, you know, help people in the diaspora, help our people and inform our people. So I think all of those things. That's true. Well That's true. I think that, <laughs> so Tanya, member of the African diaspora from the African-American arm of the troops. And I have a passion for this. I do a lot of DNI and multicultural stuff at work. And when I say what's my qualification, I talk a lot and all of those things. But when you guys introduce yourselves, which day day take it away, that you actually have a specific skill set and <clears> education <throat> there. 
Yeah, my name is Dede. Uh, Say I think the whole what, what, thing, man. Dede. Say my name is Dede. Barony Silfori Dede. Um, I love that so, so much. So my first and my last name are the same. Dede, Dede. And it means respect or elder. So I was my father's firstborn son. So that's uh, why I'm named Dede. Who's your folks are from? <clears throat> my culture. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're folks Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Okrikan. So it was a very small ethnic minority in Nigeria. Got it. So Where in Nigeria? It's in Okrika in River State, Nigeria. Uh, River State? I, it's an uh, island. So both my parents were born on islands. My mother in Trinidad and my father in Okrika. I never knew that mm-hmm. that, that so part of River State was. Look at what we've already learned. I said that about history. I mean, history. shoot, just going through plenty. I've learned so much from you guys. I know, right? And then, the, you know, the, uh, where the um, oil comes from in Nigeria. Where is the River Biafra, State, right? Is River State. Is right. We're right there. So our, our, our family stayed neutral throughout the war, you know, because they had to cross over from the uh, mainland through our area to get to Biafra to, you know, get to war with the Biafrans. Mm. Now, you said that your dad's from River State, so Nigeria, Niger. Yeah. But I have to say, I'm addicted to Nollywood, yeah. and I'm so excited because Nollywood just signed uh, Ebony Studios, Blood Sisters, that was on Netflix. Watch the whole thing. The outfits, the regalness, the acting, the beauty. They do a lot with the little with the Nollywood movies. It's so cool. And this one has a development deal with some real bucks behind it because that's right. So I think that we're having the podcast at this time, but also exposure to the culture. Nigeria, because, guys, this is another thing. When people say go to Africa, that drives me crazy. There are 54 distinct countries in Africa. Africa is Nigeria. They'll be like, you Nigerian? I'm like, no, nigga, (laughs) I'm not fucking Nigerian. I'm Liberian. But, uh, you know... (laughs) Go to Africa still, you know what I mean? Go be to more Africa, specific, right. you know, be more specific, but as long as you go to it. Africa, you know, I'm cool with that. But you said both your parents from Ireland, so where's your mom from? Okay, so back to uh, my my where I'm at, at within the diaspora, we're just all situated differently. My mother's from Trinidad, my father's from Nigeria, and um I was the first generation born in America. So my parents came here in the seventies, they met in college, you know, they got their degrees, they had five kids. My dad went back to Nigeria and never looked back, so I, didn't, I wasn't raised with my father, so I wasn't as close to my Nigerian side uh, until later in life, and then I was raised with my mother. So I've always been in a weird place, I feel like, uh, within the diaspora where I wasn't ever African enough or ever uh, African-American enough mm. or ever Trinidadian enough, so I always just felt... Um, I feel like a lot of people who were born first-generation Americans might occupy that space where they're not close enough to either side of their culture. So I think that's where I sit. You that's feel like you were on an island by yourself. That's a pun, Daddy, because yeah, you're on, on the island. island right? <laughs> and that's that, interesting. Uh, I never thought about it that way, though. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be a common experience for a lot of other uh, people who are born first-generation, too. And I think, you know, because we say we sit in different places, that's it with me, too, because I say I'm African-American, and I say at work and all the time, and I say to white communities, they're like, why are you African American? I'm like, the African in the African American means far more to me than the American. Right. Because that is such a big problem for people here. But I think on the other side of it, what Day Day said is, I feel like definitely, and I know we're going to get into all of that stuff, that sometimes people that are directly from the continent, which obviously they do have a bigger claim to Africanness, right? I mean, but it's a loss. It's well, just the culture and some things, but it's a loss for me and people like me because we came in the bottom of a boat. <laughs> it's not even like our parents said, hey, I'm going to immigrate to America for a better future or whatever. I cho- I am of African descent. I did my DNA, like, Niger, 60-some percent. That's the biggest representation. Niger or Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Um, Nigeria. Nigeria. Oh, yeah. um, but... You're kind of, it's W.E.B. Du Bois used to say it's like double consciousness. You have one eye on the continent and one eye on America. 
even if your only exposure to Africanness is knowing that that's your bloodline, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it feels like a loss. It feels like, you know they have in the Olympics those, um, those communities or populations without a nation? You right. feel like a nationless person right. because the things that people think of as American are not me. Mm-hmm. And when I go, like I've been to Africa, I've I've been to Morocco, which isn't I need to I'm supposed yeah, to go to Ghana. It's, 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 it's Africa. It's one of the fifty four. I'm just saying when I say right, it, it's know? like I haven't been to Nigeria where my bloodline right. comes from. I spend a ton of time in the Caribbean and I feel more comfortable those places than I do here. Because I grew up in the countryside in America and they it's the same customs and stuff. So I feel like I've lost so much, but so much of it is still there. But where do you sit, yeah, Alan? Yeah, I mean, it, so there's similarity. So uh, what's up, folks? My name is Alvin Glay, or I guess I should say Dr. Alvin Glay. And your real last, um, your other last name that I love, Zawolo. Zawolo? Zawolo. So, so that's your American remember. last name? What no. are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, explain no, no, that. No, 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 explain listen. that. So... To tell you the truth, I don't even know, honestly, like where I got the other last name from. My father uses it. Right. And me and all my siblings, my cousins, we all use the Glay last right. name. Um, I think it's it maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I use it when I was you, in you elementary school. Father? And in, yeah. You asked him, what did he say? No, actually, I haven't asked him. Uh, now now you, you have to ask him. We have to bring it up on another episode. I want to know. But, you know, one of the reasons I want to tell my story or I'm interested in hearing different perspectives because I was born and raised in Africa and then, you know, obviously I came to America, right? You have to be a um, little bit more specific. Because uh, we just said I, that yeah, is not a country. That, right? But you know what? I'm so used to introducing and <laughs> telling people like... Because people don't have the they knowledge Exactly. Right. They don't know exactly what Liberia is. So right. I was born and raised in Liberia until the age of, let's say, I became a refugee at the age of seven. Um, and because then, of the Liberian Civil because War. Because of the Liberian Civil War. So I live in exile for uh, seven years, right? Um, in, you know, in Liberia and in, in the Ivory Coast, which is a nearby country, a French-speaking country. And then I came to America when I was 15 years old, right? So, you know, I came here, and then obviously I had to adapt to American culture. Um, right. So, you know, it's interesting that I noticed kind of like the divide within, you know, the the African-American here and African. So I can speak to it from my perspective, but I can't speak to it from all the African perspective. But this is one thing I know for all the Africans that I talk to, there are commonalities in how they perceive their relationship with, you know, black folks in America versus African. And there's some stuff that I didn't even know, like, you know, like African-American saying that they don't like Africans, or Africans don't like them. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, really? We thought it's the, the other way around. Right? Like, you know, African booty scratcher and all that right. shit. And I'm like, really? That's going to be, that's what we should get into. That's going to be our first topic, correct? Well, we're going to talk about that on a future podcast. Like, not just the, the divides, but the commonalities. But I think that that's a big thing for yeah. the African diaspora. Before we jump too heavy into the African diaspora, though, I say that I just like to talk and I do DNI stuff. I found out your other last name when you got your last degree. So Alvin actually has a doctorate. Alvin is Dr. Alvin Glay Zawolo. Did I say it right that time? Zawolo, yes. Zawolo. Zawolo. And when I saw I you put that. I never use it. But when I saw it appear on his LinkedIn right after he got his PhD, I was super excited because I love the name. And I, you know what I thought when I saw it? I was like, this is the fulfillment of that little boy that walked from Liberia to the Ivory Coast 
got was didn't have you know all the things that happened yeah. and then you got to your PhD and I felt like it was I saw it change I thought it was a chest pounding moment like oh, so never it's not, it never, was going on consciously. never I was like I thought I saw it and I was like never count out it's the a Liberian name. boy yeah, and, it, of... and you you changed it right there because I noticed it right when you got your PhD and I saw it update and I said Alvin trying to let him know don't fuck with the Liberian <laughs> I was like yeah Alvin Glade how about your kids would it are they gonna so carry my, that name or they nah gonna... so my kids use my my Glade last name um, you know it's it's interesting you so said then something... it might die with this generation if y'all don't continue it bro you're you're bringing shit that I never thought about like this making me think about like even my last name and what you know how i should name my kids and whatnot because yeah. i've always been used to just the glade right? right um but you said something that really resonated with me earlier is this idea of where do you fit you know you're not african enough you're not american enough you're not trinidadian enough and i have you know mixed kids right right you know they're a liberian they're american and their mom is mexican which culture do you think they get the most of their mom's probably. their mom because they spend a lot of time with her but I, there's this sense of guilt for me when I'm like, damn, you know, I want them to be more on the Liberian side, right? Because yeah. where I grew up, there was a thing where your dad is from is where you're from. That's how, that's what you identify as, right? So it's interesting. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's always a, th a thing where you're from too, as well, because it's homogeneous, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, that you are from where your dad's from, because very rarely is your mother from another fucking place. Like where you born, like that even happens, like in Appalachia, for example. People who are Appalachian, uh, motherfuckers don't move there and then it'd be like, my mom's from L.A. and my dad's from Appalachia. They just from Appalachia, right? Yeah. You, because I said education-wise, see, y'all, I'm hitting on my, I, talk, I like to talk. Right. Your studies are uh -oh. in this area. Yeah, so uh, I did a degree in African studies at the University of Pennsylvania and then did a, a master's MBA in um, international business that focused on Africa and China. But really... Where did you do that MBA? At Howard University. The yeah. Mecca! Oh, yeah, Howard. come on, I'm a Howard University <laughs> alum. You can't say you... But, uh, the real life Wakanda. You know, <laughs> I started off at the community college and I met a professor there. His name was Dr. Wyndham. He's since passed away, but he was my Joseph. mentor. Joseph Wyndham. He was my mentor, so... I'm like, hey, I'm going to Penn. I was doing good at the community college, going to this Ivy League school. I asked him what I should major in. He said, do African studies, because he's like, your undergrad doesn't matter anyways. And, you know, he had known my story about my father not being part of my life and not really having a deep connection to my African, um, what is that, ancestry or my uh, culture or anything. Mm -hmm. So he said, do African studies. So I got to Penn, um, got an African studies department. And, you know, for me, my whole education was just a mission to connect with, my, with myself, with my family. So yeah. uh, I took the opportunity while there, because the school had a ton of resources, I got on a plane to go meet my father for the first time since I was seven years old. And by the time I met him, I was like 31, 32. Bro, it's crazy as you're That's talking. We have a similar it's fucking same thing, story, right? man. Yeah. I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you. Keep going. No, oh, so all this time y'all spent together, y'all no, was just no, drinking. All this time y'all spent together, y'all was just drinking and living <laughs> it Yo, up, right? It's right? been a movie every day this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, somewhere in that movie, it should have been the documentary here. Because Day Day has a story as well. Because I think... Um, I want to move in and ask you guys a question because this was interesting to me. But one caveat that I wanted to put here, Alvin knows, Day Day knows, you're, you're a data guy and a researcher and analytics, so it really resonates for you, is that one of the things with the rise of social media is anybody gets online, they have a YouTube channel, they say a bunch of shit, somebody shares it, says it's the truth, same thing on social media. When I say that I don't have the actual qualifications, like I haven't 
been a research. I mean, it's relative to am I a researcher or whatever. So what I am saying is we have done our research. We're going to post all the links, links to things, links to videos, links to research papers, links to documentaries to watch. We want our viewpoints to be challenged, right? We're coming here not always... Or, or open up a discussion. Or open up least, a discussion. Right? Not always sitting in the same place. We're not always in alignment. Day-Day, you and I know, we are always in alignment, but we're we all... We're going to argue, we're going to disagree... Right. And, and that, that that is that is a uh, that is cultural I to all of our communities. Let, let's I think show, the point, let's show uh, the people like just highlight what they're going to, you know, the conversation right that we're going to talk about. Yeah, to, that makes them want to tune in for the next episode. Why do you want to do that? I, I feel like that. What is the hook that makes you tune in? This is a story of us. Right. This is our story. This is for us to not just take this. We're highlighting things. We're talking about stuff that people don't know or maybe haven't been exposed to. But we want to broaden the conversation. I think of it like uh, how communities are built and how, yeah. how villages are built yeah. in the Caribbean and in Africa. And even in the South, like places where I lived, right? Like it was the country when, right. it, when I yeah. was growing up that collectively, let's talk about some of these things and move us forward together as a people. That's our goal, right? I think uh, part of this is uh, what uh, Tanya was saying earlier about our credentials. We have credentials, uh, all of us, but more importantly, it's about our lived experiences. Yeah. That, that's, that's what we want to bring to the true. table. So and I have the, lived experiences, have the lived experiences, but I do not have the educational credentials. And our audience has the lived experience, and their lived experience is valid, and we want them to participate want... in this conversation as well. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, right. so everybody is qualified to tell their story. Exactly. Right? Right. If you've been through something, you have all the facts. It comes from you. Right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, we'll have sources. I mean, we'll have our opinions on certain things. Um, but I'm excited about this because I get to learn, you know, shit that I didn't even know or the opposite. Like, for example, what I was just talking about, like African-Americans don't right. like, think African don't like them. Really? You know what you did say then, my friend, when, when Ant said, he's like, well, yeah, Africans think we're lazy. And you said, oh, yeah, they yeah, do. We're going to get into that in another one because you laughing, but motherfucker, how true. do we like to like? So so he was like, yeah, that's true. He's like, oh, look at them lazy African-American <laughs> motherfuckers. They don't really. But I think that that's the point, right, is that this is illuminating for us all. And right. so when we talk about a people without a past have no future, if you, you know your story, but part of our story is all this shit that we don't know. Yeah. And in those discussions, because I think our end goal is how do we come together as a community? How do we drive economic prosperity for our people? It is beyond time. We have done it before. We have done it everywhere. Africa is the cradle of civilization. But just this conversation alone is going to bring us together more because we have been, like, these guys have been tearing up the town, okay? We're shooting this first yeah. podcast in Atlanta, and I feel like if you're from anywhere in the diaspora, you come to Atlanta, it's real black, real black parties. And so these guys have been having fun and more fun and more fun. I was working remote and dying from allergies all week. Uh, you know, and also I said, because I said, this is the bond here. I said, Day Day is definitely African because nobody parties like an African, okay? <laughs> the Africans, that, that we, we flew in. We flew in to come yeah. to your party. And I'm like, I know and these Africans. got to another party. As I know the fucking Liberians got up as early as I did today. They act like they had just woke up. I'm like, it's yeah. one in the fucking morning. And then I was, look, dancing, laughing, joking. And I think that that's the thing. Listen. People of African descent are a good-ass time. And what I say to everyone is, like, we all we got. If you are 
black skin like me, mm-hmm. you have struggles similar to mine, you have some things that may not be similar that could be helpful to me, mm-hmm. and that we have to start coming desperate. I should have said this in the beginning. I listened to you guys talking at brunch uh, at the end of the table, and someone said something about the diaspora, and I heard another person say, what is that? So when we talk about the education levels of what we know and don't know, even us saying the diaspora, that is an unknown to some people. So one of the things that this is good for, JoJo, my my little brother and one of Day-Day's best friends, Day-Day's best friend, um, so Day-Day's like my little brother, and y'all can't see us, but on future mm-hmm. episodes it'll be taped. I'm five feet tall. Day-Day's like nine feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and he still is and will always be my little brother because that's a thing Tanya's in African culture, Tanya's 4'12", y'all. Don't let her lie ah! to you. She is 4'12". <laughs> but that's a thing in African culture, too. Look, I'm your elder. You're my little brother's friend. It, and I love you. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. it's a thing everywhere. That's why I was like, I don't care. But we are colleagues just... on this uh, on this podcast. We're colleagues we on the... step in this booth, we're colleagues. When we step out there, I'm the little brother. We're colleagues in this podcast and... He's still my little brother, but I'm going to be respectful so, to him so as a colleague. Explain, explain to the people what, what is, is it? the African diaspora. Yeah. So the African diaspora, and I, I want to, I'm going to give my explanation, sure. then y'all give y'all's, because right. it means different things right. to different people. Right. And for everyone listening, this is an autodidactic moment. So when I say I don't have the what MB, the fuck does that mean? watch. I'm going to say what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> watch. Over here talking about I'm not educated. It's getting good. No, 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 no. Time no, that she out. Is educated. That's I, yeah, not what I, I never, I never right said, yeah, and I know you didn't mean right, that. Right, right. I'm, so, I'm not formally educated. Autodidactic. So I'm an da, autodidact. Da, da, autodidact. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drop it into the blog it. too, but right. it's auto, A U T O, didact. One word, D I D A C T. So I am autodidactic. So you have an MBA, you have a, a bachelor's, an MBA, and a PhD. I have a bachelor's. And then I went out and did my autodact, autodidact shit. Autodidacts learn independently in their own systems and they go and seek the information to level up to the same level of understanding that someone with a more formalized version of it has. Most of us in America, all of us in America about the African diaspora have to develop some tendencies to be autodidactic, but we are anyway, right? So let's get back to this. What do you think it is? You go no, first. No, 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 no. You tell me what you think I'll go it first is. Of it. Right or it did. You go first. Yeah. I think uh, something African-American Tanya said guy. earlier, though. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people don't know what the diaspora is, mm-hmm. and that's because, like, first of all, the 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 term was coined in the 19th century and didn't really become widely used until the 21st century. So it's just mm-hmm. now that people are using it commonly. So it wasn't even a concept that people would have been aware of 50 years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, even. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I wanted to like kind of what is the diaspora and um the African Union. I want to go with the African Union's um definition of the diaspora. Okay. The, the African Union's definition of the diaspora is people of Africa who have left the continent. That, because there's a way how, exactly. There's that's a way you can see you can see that yourself as part of a diaspora from Liberia when you're a refugee in another exactly. country. You're a Liberian refugee in another country. Right. So if, if from an African studies perspective, I've always looked at the diaspora differently because I think people who migrate all over the continent, they're part of the diaspora as from well. their country. But the African Union defines the diaspora as people of African descent who are no longer on the continent, who are anywhere else off outside of the continent. So that's how yeah, the African that's, that's Union does that's that's yeah. Well, if the African Union defines it like that, let's just put this to bed, Africans... Of every all fifty four countries, I'm African too. See what I'm saying? You're part of the so I'm part of the diaspora. And I think for me, right, because you said that it hasn't come into widespread. 
all groups have a diaspora. Like, right, exactly. Uh, Vikings had a diaspora. Right, exactly. There's the Jewish diaspora, right. which is talked about a lot. The diaspora that is not talked about is ours, and, and right? And it's huge. And it's huge. Like because... 55 million um, Africans in Brazil, 54 million Africans in America. We have a huge diaspora. Af- but you Brazil know, has... You know what I found out? I think maybe you can... Um, you know, you guys can correct me on this. Just the continent alone, right? We, what is it, almost 1.3 billion? Like roughly 30, 30% yeah. of the world population. Africa is a populous fucking place. And then when you add all the, the black folks to that, we're, right. I think we're closer to half. Right. Or more That's than why half. we're going to talk about this one of these episodes, the minority. Yeah, because right. I want to talk about that because that is exactly that. what yeah. I was going to say, right? Because people think about it, and I would say to anyone who is living in the U.S., um, white people and black people, because I hope that, and I definitely have some some white colleagues, white friends that I'm sharing the podcast with because I want to educate us about us. But for anyone who is in the U.S. or in this world who is not of African descent, in order to be a true ally and a fully developed, empathetic human, mm-hmm. you need to know this story too. But it's what Day Day said because half of the population of the world, the world is definitely majority people of color. That's right. all the different groups. Right. but. If you think about what they say in America, and I say this everybody every time someone says, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're a minority." I'm not a minority. Everything about me is major. I'm five feet tall, right. and I feel like I am seven feet tall. So Day Day, big as Day Day is, I was like Day Day, big ass. I'm t- I'm out of mm-hmm. eye with him in my eyes. So <laughs> everything about me is major. I wear a size three and a half shoe, and I will put a whole major foot in your ass. That's what I mean, right? Major. Yeah. So for me, the African diaspora is the same thing that you guys said, where it's people leaving the continent and if you think about the fact that it is the cradle of civilization the entire globe is the african diaspora so we are understating our impact because life began in africa irrigation began in africa all the systems all the tools all the people everything that has ever come to be on this planet traces back to that continent and I think that's a very important point because what they'll try to tell you is the African diaspora started with slavery. Like, we right. didn't travel before slavery. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh-huh. I think it's important to, to, to the point Tanya's making. And uh-huh. even if you don't trace it back all the way to the beginning of time, uh-huh. uh, even if you look at it in a different way, there's uh, Africans were traveling to to this part of the world way before Christmas. We were here. We were here already. So we already had a diaspora before slavery. Many We were here way before the Europeans got here. You know, So I think the history, the flaw in the, flaw in the history that they try to teach us is that the diaspora starts with slavery, which I, is just crazy to Which me. is bullshit because right. we had a, a life right. before that. Now let me move to the next thing on it because I think we're talking about that at diaspora. Alvin and I talk about this a lot. I think you and I have talked about this, especially while you were doing your MBA program and you were living in uh, um, in Nigeria and yeah, Ghana. Ghana, Nigeria, Ghana. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to just say... <clears throat> Hold on, we got to stay on. We I, well, no, you, <laughs> you can talk about that experience because I'm yeah. actually going to kick it back to him because this is what I was going to say. I think collectively we all think in order for us to move forward as a people, as one diaspora, it has to lead back to the continent. Right. Because there isn't all that colonialism. Look at what China's doing now. That first, what is it that they have with the... How do you say the Chinese currency, Yuan? The yen, the yen, yeah. the Y U A N. Like that's the, the that's yen. the uh, currency of. It's it's of, but it's back in something in Africa for the first time instead of the dollar because China's gonna make a big play there. Everyone talks about Chinese how fuck all over Africa, all over Africa. Africa. All over Africa. Yeah. but everybody talks about yeah. right. Everybody talks about how fucked up Africa is, but do you know how many natural resources don't exist outside of that <clears throat> continent? 
things that could not be developed without that continent. So when I meet somebody from the Ivory Coast that speaks French, or I meet somebody from Angola who speaks Portuguese, Mm -hmm. these people are coming here because there's value here, and they're taking it and bleeding it instead of reinvesting because they don't have any ties or any to the land or the people. They're raping the continent. So how do we in the diaspora, if we believe all paths lead back to to Mother Africa, I think there was something. What do we do? You How said do we something make earlier that, that uh, I wanted to highlight. You said that you felt like you've you've missed a lot because of slavery and not being connected, and you're kind of like a, a nationalist person, and you feel like there's a big void in your existence. But I think the truth is that's that's always the perspective from the African American perspective. But then if I, I uh, was talking to Femi Kunti, who's a big uh, musician, a jazz player in Nigeria, right? We'll put a, a links to his music. Yeah, he's yeah. He's super awesome. Right. Fela's son, Femi's Fela's son. So I was talking to Femi Kunti, and he had an awesome perspective that kind of changed my whole view on it. He said, uh-huh. we lost Africans. He's like, we always look at you guys as like somehow missing a, a, a connection. Like there's like, you, you're not fully African because you're missing something, right? The same void you feel, that's what he's talking about. He said, but how can we, how can we lose 12 million people from our society and not be missing something too. So he's saying we're we're incomplete just like you're incomplete right. and we need for both both sides to come together to be to be complete. No, I mean that that's true. So to go back to the question like how can we build up the continent and and stuff like that. I mean it starts with us. You know what I mean? Like people so what really irritates me is someone says, I want to learn about Africa. I want to know where I'm from, my culture, but I'm like go fucking visit the place and you've never been. You know what I mean? Like it just it's starts. Like, it's yeah, it's like just go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just if you don't know where you want to go, just close your eyes and put a finger oh, on the oh, map. Start at the map. Yeah, and just yeah. Go. start somewhere. Start somewhere. But I said you said put a finger on the map. Don't go certain places where there's still wars going on. But also, I'm saying that, but then I'm gonna caveat it and say when I travel places like off the beaten path, places in the Caribbean, or I go to South America, or even when I was in Morocco, and people was like, "Be safe! It's so dangerous." Fuck that, uh, people of African American descent. African, I can tell you this: Africans are so welcoming to you know folks from abroad. Yeah. Like, but so not welcoming. just that, Alvin. What I was saying is, but what I was saying about it is, is fuck that being scared of danger or whatever. We live in a country where they shoot little kids and don't nobody blink oh, an yeah. eye. They just shot ten black people in yeah. a supermarket in Buffalo, right? Right. So anytime people tell me it's dangerous, don't do it. Look at the danger to your life in this country. Right. And the other part of it that I'll say... It's fear-mongering. It's fear-mongering. Yeah. It's fear-mongering. Right. And it's propaganda, which it's, Americans yeah. don't think they're subjected to, but they arguably get the most of it of all. But second, I think it's also, <clears throat> in order to drive back to the continent, you really have to decide that that's how you're going to spend your money. Because a plane ticket to Africa is a different cost than a plane ticket to London or a plane ticket True. to right. Paris, right? But... And if you go to Paris, you actually could meet the uh, African soccer team. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, there is yeah. some. Because I like stuff like that, though, is make it a plan. If you can't do it right away, save some money every month. That is a gift to yourself right. to get to know yourself because it is more costly. Find a travel group. We'll post some resources. Uh, Tastemakers Africa. Tastemakers Africa. I, I will tell you. Yeah. So I've been, I've been in the States for, what, 23, 24 years, right? Mm-hmm. So I've seen the change over the years where when, you know, first when I came, it was like, oh, do you guys wear clothes? Are you, <gasps> you live in the right. jungle? 
African booty scratcher, right. blah, blah, blah. It was all this negative shit, right? That's episode two. We're going right? to talk about all that. But then <laughs> over time, I've seen that change. Now people want to go back. And I think the reason that's happening is because of social media. I think so, too. Right? Because now, there's, there's still, a, still a large gap between the reality is. and what the perception. There and is. there are a large but, amount but of... Now, but they're seeing the wealth. You know, right. people are on live and stuff in Nigeria and right. Ghana and all over the place. The young, beaches. rich, and African on and Netflix. Like, oh. No, young, young, rich, and famous, which is Africans on Netflix. I watched that whole uh, reality show. I can't show. stand that show. It's terrible. No, but I loved it. We're, oh, we're going to get into that on the terrible. next episode. Um, I loved it all but the skin bleaching. But I, Yeah, but right. I think that's what changes the whole dynamic. Now people want to learn about it. And then, you know, African music, right? Afrobeat, as they call it now, which... You know, Nigerian, I can we can give them credit for that. But this other, you know, South African on piano, right? Or you go to, to the Ivory Coast, they have that coupe de calais, right? Um, just the rhythm, and now people are trying to understand that. And now there's more interest and curiosity right. that right. they want to go. That I love. Like, what I think I another love. powerful moment was the Black Panther movie. I think that, that too. That, and then follow right up behind that was the well, the year of return. By Ghana. Ghana. I thought That's they what did I was supposed to go in the fucking of... pandemic, right? I was yeah. supposed to... Ghana has a good marketing campaign oh, there, and I say a, that. They got, they got on right I now. say that because people don't understand that. I work. Alvin and I work in digital advertising. We used to do the advertising for the Tourism Bureau of Jamaica. Like, these are campaigns. People right. go to Jamaica because that was right. a business effort. Exactly. People didn't even used to go to Jamaica, so it's that progression well, that you, you talked about. you think everybody goes to Thailand? Right, because everybody, that was a big campaign. Right. And I think that one of the things that we're really focused on, one of the things that we're really focused on is that we are going to um, have more exposure to stuff. And I, I hope that that changes because there is a segment in my group, the African-Americans, that thinks, I know someone who is Liberian-American mm -hmm. married to, I'm going to call him an African-American, and he is offended if he's called an African American, he's like, I'm not African American, I'm black. And I have an ex boyfriend. He's offended, he's offended by the he's African like, he, part? Yeah, because he was like, right. I'm not African American, I'm black. And I prefer black to African American, but I'm not offended by being African. And I shouldn't say offended. He was right. just like, I'm not African. Right. Exactly. But we are. But is that Blood will tell. Though. Yeah, that's an ignorant thing to me. And I hope that that's but some of the things of that this changes. Here, you know, I feel like there is either because of the lack of, you know, education in terms of like learning about the history and all mm -hmm. that stuff. A lot of our folks are ignorant in terms of like what African is and you they're know, ignorant in terms of it. But listen that. to this, and let me tell you what what I think that is. Right? Is so I think that he's ignorant to it, but I also think there is um, it's a, it's a case study that they used to do in advertising and marketing. I'm significantly older than both of these guys, right? She's so, only three years older than me. Well, in in education, when I was in college, it was a big oh, gap. Yeah, true. So one of the case studies for marketing. The AT&T, this commercial aired mm -hmm. when I was a little kid. Uh -huh. It was a Chinese person calling home, and it was a Chinese person in a rice paddy. It was a, like, Scottish person calling home, and it was somebody in a kilt, right? Mm -hmm. And then they had a black person calling home. You know who was on the end, other end of the phone line? Mm -mm. It was a monkey at the top of a telephone oh, pole. Crazy. It aired. What the it fuck? It aired. Are you so, yeah, I was swear to God when I was little. <laughs> so, you know, all like, you had then. It was like then, the H&M and the monkey. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, and it, but it was even more flagrant because everybody else talked to a person, but the motherfucker that we called at home that was related to us was a fucking monkey. <laughs> And oh. and so when you when it's framed like that and you see it here, you're not you don't even thinking. Be, you don't want to be associated. It's not with that, that you shit. don't want to be associated. But that's the propaganda that 
people don't understand. What have they shown yeah. of Africa on television here? That's my point, is that the what poor people kids believe. in the village. Right. And, and commercials with babies with flies on them and nobody. It's You know what's a big thing? The opposite is also true. Like when I went and lived in Nigeria, I lived in Ghana, their perception of me they got from um, rap videos and, and, and yeah. propaganda, you know? Yep. But I want to say something, though, I think is an important point to make. When you said that the person doesn't think they're African and that's kind of a form of ignorance, I agree with that. But also there's like another part of the conversation we could have is do people, that as African like a thing, you know, if I'm, if I'm, O'Creekan, you know, I identify with O'Creekan. Do I identify with all Africans or, you know, do I identify with just my, my culture? But you also my... have to know this, uh, right, Dede? Because I think the point there is we came in the bottoms of boats. Right. Nobody was keeping records. Like, when I trace my family history back, I get to a point where it's like, okay, I know my family was in there somewhere. Right. But it just says... 50 cows and 100 blacks. Right. Because they grouped you with the livestock. Right. We know we are from the African continent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other part of it where ignorance. Money plays a big factor. How do I know that my DNA is Nigerian? Mm -hmm. Because I took a DNA test. Right. It was several hundred dollars. So what you know is that you came from the continent. So it's a level of ignorance because you came in the bottom of a boat, Mm -hmm. chained to people. So you know that your blood is West African because at that time people weren't sailing around the African continent, but you don't know which West African country. That part I agree with. I'm just trying to say, maybe I'm not doing a good job of saying it, but you know, Mm -hmm. we were talking about this uh, yesterday with uh, Eli Uh about how, you know, um, Africa, he thought he was like, when I meet Africans, he he went to Howard undergrad. So he said all the Africans stuck together. And I said, that's interesting because on the continent, there's lots of divisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with, within this, thing we call Africa, there's so many divisions, divisions and so right. many uh, frictions and stuff. So but it's I not think even that's true really a big unity group. thing yet. Right. That's true of any group. Exactly. We're calling it out I, for I, us because we have a path an example to of that. So I, I went to Alabama A&M for two years. I played soccer there, right? right? So we had a big, big African, you know, I mean, I think it was 30 of us on the team and it was maybe 25 was African. Right. Right. And then we had other, you know, other... Um, folks from different parts of the world. But within that 25, there were cliques. Right. You know, we had the Ugandans right. had their clique, and then there was the Gambians had their clique, and then I was the only Liberian motherfucker. You was all there so, by yourself. You on that island with that a, 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 a dude from Ghana, so we became real good friends, roommate. Right. And then when we were on the field, nobody don't want to pass to each other. That's right? funny. So there, there's still that... Yeah. You know, that that divide. But even within too. that, but I'm saying, say just... there was a Nigerian clique, right? Yeah. In Nigeria, there's so many divisions. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. many conflicts. That's what's within... killing the continent. Right. It's the division within the continent. It's killing the continent, but also, is it? Because I think sometimes you can have a division. And here's what I'll say. At Howard, like, obviously, which first the fuck of all, let me just say this. All the African kids had money. Mm-hmm. So I knew. I knew was. And, but that's and I, but listen. Perception, it's, though. It, I'm, no, this is what I'm saying is that we did get monkeys on a pole in ads or just commercials or you know how you know what a common saying was in the u.s there are starving kids in africa if you wouldn't eat your food it's starving right. kids in the That's appalachian crazy, mountains right. here it's starving kids in new york city right. i don't think your example but that it was the example because it was basically do you know how bad life is in africa you could be there starving right it was motherfuckers, alabama <laughs> it's in alabama it's people in brooklyn it's people i mean skid row in la work, go to alabama yeah, I mean, right. it is literally so poor, some of those places, that people still don't have toilets. Right. And so if you're going to talk about other countries or other continents, you also have to talk about your thing. So I want to wrap up, right, because we we have to 
get to our next episode. Here's what I, here's my wrap-up takeaway point, and then I'm going to pass it to you guys to say that. We talk about us coming together as a diaspora. How do you do that? Some of it is organic. You guys just met together for the first time off of a t- phone call or text here. Right. Mm-hmm. One week. I, you I, motherfuckers I was, like have been, been brothers. For a yeah. years, Y'all years have now, been right? brothers. I mean, it has been, so some of it is yeah. that. It's organic. It's organic, Be right. open to other people in general. Right. And then the other thing I was thinking, how do we move some of this forward? I'm going to drop a link in the chat. There's this great site. Uh, you're going to know it when I say it. Africrea.com. It's A-F-R-I-K-E-A.com. It'll be um, on our website as well. So that site. What's the website? That website is if you're from if you're of African descent anywhere in the world, you can sell your wares on that website. I've bought dresses, so I bought are buying masks. stuff. I bought I, I a digital marketplace. It's a digital oh, wow. market. It's, like, it's like it's like Etsy. Right. And stuff. You have right. to be of African oh, descent. Dope. It's like Etsy. Like I went to a wedding in Spain. I had an Encore dress made. It was a black tie wedding. My dress was the best dress there. I paid a hundred dollars for that dress back to Nigeria. The dress I was looking at in America was $350 or $400. She Mm. messaged me, got my measurements, made that dress custom, and it fit me better than anything that I've ever bought here, including that $400 dress that I would have bought. Do you know I saved money, but also do you know how much further that $100 went in Nigeria than it would have went here? I got masks on my wall made by um, a tribe in Ghana, right? I have dresses. I get my African black soap from your friend. So how do we start connecting? It's some of oh, that is the commerce. Black soap. I love black yeah. soap. It's the best <laughs> thing. Every time I go to Ghana, I come home with it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So that's how we connect, raw right? Butter, raw shea butter. And and also another fun fact that I'll leave you with because you think about connections. There's some there that we already we don't even know. Alvin's Liberian. So a lot of times you hear people say, go back to Africa. Well, that is exactly what Liberians did. Mm -hmm. At the end of slavery, people from the Caribbean, the U.S., they um, repatriated to the African continent and established Liberia. So when Mm -hmm. we say, where are we connected? How do we come together? The first president of Liberia was from Virginia. There's a statue of him in the middle of Petersburg, Virginia. His name was Joseph something. I'm blanking on the end of it. But there's a statue of him. So when we had that Liberian pound cake at your gala and we were like, hey, this 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 African-American pound yeah, cake, right. it's because it's the same people. Right. So if you can't even see it because the cultures are so different now and you've never been to Africa, just think about that. I, Those I think, bloodlines are tied to early Virginia settler yeah, bloodlines has, here. I'll say it. Uh, I wouldn't say the most connection, but it's clear. People can see. It's very it. clear. You know, the capital, James Monroe. The flag. The name, James Monroe. The flag. Monroe, yeah. The currency is the, the capital city. They got all that shit you know? from the blood, from the white people. Yeah, yeah, so of course, take of some course. of that with a grain right. of salt, but that blood no, 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 that went no, no, back what, what and that I'm motherfucking pound cake. The culture. No, That's the more importantly, the culture. Like, yeah. the culture. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of connection there. Right. And. The pound cake is enough of a connection because I am talking about it because you he, <laughs> wanna, he tried to tell us Liberian desserts. I said that's to my grandma. That's what I pound thought. Cake. I was like, how's that Liberian? Right. But yeah, nah, it makes a lot of sense. But I want to say this because um, where do we start? You know, we, that's part of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? And I think what you said earlier, I think a very good place to start is if you haven't had your DNA test. Uh, yet, I think that's a good place to start. You know, it's expensive, so if you can't get the money, you what's your other step you could take? What's you, a, a autodidactic free I step? I think you you can feel it when you go visit. You can feel it. You know what I mean? That's also expensive, though. 
That's also expensive, uh, you know, the travel part. So yeah. what's the least expensive thing? Uh, well, just like you were saying, the Nollywood movies, that's a good that's a oh, good that's entryway. A good start. You know, music, I love that's Nollywood. a good entryway. Uh, also, if you have, like, what I notice is if you follow social media from other countries, it's so different than social media. Like Nigerian uh, Twitter, Nigerian Facebook, Nigerian Instagram is way so different. different. It's, and it's so funny, too. Like, they're, there's some people, it's probably the funniest. Yeah. So, like, if you can find some um, influencers from other countries, that's, that might be a good start as well. Oh, you yeah. know what? And what we'll do is drop some in the chat. Because, listen, guys, we're on the Internet all the time anyway. We're talking all the time. Uh, let's spend some of that time with our people. Because black Twitter is a whole thing. But then there's subs there's in black Nigerian Twitter. Twitter too. Like Nigerian right. Twitter. Right. That's a sub within. Yeah. Black Twitter is a, is a class. So Black Twitter is the most powerful voice in the world, probably. <laughs> intro. I didn't, I didn't, so I've heard Black Twitter, but is Nigerian Twitter but part not, of Black Twitter? Not, That's a good question. Not, oh, really? No, I is it? Know. Is a but, wow. Yeah, and so so what I think too is that any social media, just because we're more community based, that from an advertising perspective. Right. We're the most engaged people on any of those platforms. Of Go find your people. Just do some of the work. And I would tell you, call it self-care. We're going to call it self-care. We're going to call it. <laughs> it is. Self-care. It yeah. is self-care. It's, it's usually, Getting to know yourself and yeah. understand yourself is self-care. Do this for you. Right. Even if the only thing that you're doing right now is to make a better emotional connection with yourself. So that is my therapist speak. We're going to get so into the thing about, about therapy. Let's talk about what they're... Yeah, what they're going to hear on the next episode. So the next episode, you guys, this is this is the end of one. So welcome to the Lion Tales. Damn, we did it, y'all. Engage with us. We did it. It was a long time coming. Thank you, guys. Next, we're going to talk about the model minority within the African diaspora. So that's episode two. I think we'll find out a lot of interesting things there. So thank you, Alvin. Thank you, Day-Day. Thank you, Tanya. Thank y'all. Yes, sir. See you next episode. Um, and eventually you will see us, too. Our first episodes were faceless. Trust me, we're all cute. It's fine. But by the end of this first season, you'll also see us visually and you'll see us on the website. Thank you. Thank you.